I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Supercoach Edge for the Round 19 Review and Round 20 Preview. Well, Liam, it was a largely uneventful week, wasn't it? No, I don't know. I thought it was pretty pretty eventful. Tom Brown, let's move on. Oh, that's true. That, that's actually that's a pretty good point. I love how that, that's probably the most newsworthy thing to come out of anything related to Tom Brown, like anything that he could have tweeted. <laughs> you reckon Imagine he released he, it himself? <laughs> Did he break his own news? I was just about to say, imagine like if he was doing like a play-by-play you know how he gets really philosophical about things or yeah. like really deep into things that are really just should be surface level. Um, I was wondering whether or not he was tempted to like do a play by play of him walking into his, into his boss's office and resigning. Yes. I yes, imagine. yes. Yes. I can just imagine that there would have been like, you know, when there was that kebab situation oh. with um, oh, the Richmond players up in Gold Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Stack, um, Sydney Stack. Yeah, yeah. Sydney Stack and someone else. Um, was he just going to be like, oh, I've heard the I've heard the gift when you leave is is this, but like as a watch, but what type of watch? I hope yeah. it's this. Like, is he just going to like go on a complete <laughs> tangent? But like, what what sort of what sort of going away cake will I have? Yeah, Cho- chocolate is the is the most important type. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that was the best about the uh, the souvlaki when he was talking about all the kebab. Like, I think he ordered the large kebab. I think he was like, yeah, and yeah. it was like it's a lamb. It was filled with lamb and yeah, cheese. And it was like, and- just aside from the point, like of the guys fighting outside a kebab shop, the best, the best. But yeah, that, that's virtually what it would be like. But uh, an interesting cat, nonetheless. But I reckon, sad day. how fun! A very, very snow. Well, I think, I, I think, think it's a very a sad day. day. <laughs> I think it's a day of celebration. It is a sad day because we do miss out now. From now on, depending on what he goes on to next, but we do miss out on those hilarious tweets. So yeah, it is a sad day. In fact, you're right. Sad day. Yeah. Might be like uh, Steve-O, Mark Stevenson. Mark Stevenson? Mark Stevens. Mark Stevens, yeah. Who just uh, disappeared for a, for a better month and then came straight back to footy. 
Yeah, he went. He went to apparently work in politics. Lasted like yeah a month, and then like came back. And now apparently he's gone back again. Oh, has he? Yeah. So mm. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe T Dollar Brown's been inspired. But I reckon, of all things, it would not surprise me to see him get a job at Collingwood, seeing as though his dad's the uh, the El Presidente. Yeah. Well, did you hear um, that they're talking about who's like his his next? His, who's who's his predecessor is going to be? And they're talking about it being um, Maguire's son. And I was like, nepotism baby. Into oh, the gosh. second nepotism baby. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, keep it going. God. Yeah, just keep it. Keep it ticking over. <sighs> keep it ticking over. But uh, yeah. aside from that, yeah, aside from that uh, that news, I guess that probably sums up how eventful uh, the weekend was, Ooh. super coach wise. There was a couple of um, incidents. I mean, while she got uh, got injured, unfortunately, and has come out now that he's uh, now missing uh, between two to three weeks, which isn't good. But for those of us like myself who are down to zero trades, um, you're a bit more fortunate, Liam. You've got uh, one more up your sleeve that you can use on him. But uh, I'm I'm thankful that it's only minor. But aside mm. from that fact, of course, that was probably the biggest takeaway. Did you hear that um, I had a ticket to the moon and Did it you? wasn't via SpaceX, via uh, Elon Musk. I don't know if we can mention his name here on the podcast anymore because we ended up getting flamed and it's, it's too political just mentioning his name. But I think we'll get into that in a little bit, little bit uh, more detail a little shortly. But mm. uh, it was, I almost reached the moon. Let's just say that. I almost, almost could touch the moon. I was almost on the surface playing golf, all that sort of stuff. Amazing. You mean in a studio in uh, downtown New York? I don't know where they actually yeah. filmed it. I'm just making that part up. But yeah, yeah, someone's been to the moon. What are you talking about? No, exactly. No, that's <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Apart from Cripper last year, he took us to the moon at one stage. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the helicopter. Yeah, helicopter. <laughs> yes, who could forget? Yeah, we're, we're going to chat about that. Chat about Damon going to the moon. Yeah. Uh, but before that, uh, let's kick off with the socials where we are. Yeah, if you want to want to follow us, check us out. Keep up to date with the the latest news, even if it is a slow week like this one. Some uh, <laughs> post match Supercoach scores and the odd meme or two, you can do so via Twitter at, at Supercoach underscore Edge, Damon at, at DamoJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, search Supercoach Edge. Is it even called Twitter anymore? Or is it just called X? Yeah, I don't know. We're very Sorry, into just... the the he. Maybe she's talking about him as like he who shall not be named. Yeah, he's like Voldemort. <laughs> he's close enough. He's being added um, to uh, Luke Beveridge and uh, <laughs> uh, what was his name? Leon Cameron. Chris oh yes, Scott. yes, yeah, mm. yeah. But for different reasons, of course, political reasons, apparently. Um, but yeah, let's maybe just call it X from now on. Yeah, I, X. I'm, I actually just question. I don't know. Is it called X or is it called Twitter? Like it's a legitimate question. It's not even me being making a joke. It's it's such a silly thing. And we we don't want to be too political here, but it was a soft launch, surely, because there's still the bird on the little icon on the tab on the top. Uh it's mm. still called a tweet when you're tweeting things and what tweets other than the bird. So I don't know about this uh whole sort of new brand or it's not really a rebranding, is it? No. No. I yeah, anyway. I just don't know whether we call it Twitter or not. But anyway, yeah. let's move on before we get roasted uh let's jump straight into it <laughs> kick off with the usual recap in the good the bad and the ugly <laughs> so 
For those new to our show, in The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, we roll through some of the more notable and the more forgettable performances across the round and touch on how our own team performed in our head-to-head rivalry as we wrestle for the ultimate supremacy. (laughs) You've done it, Liam. You've done it. Exactly. Oh. We're wrestling. We're still wrestling. We're still there in the in the mud. If some people want to think of us like that, if they're tuning in and they haven't yet tuned into the vodcast and they have no idea what we look like, just imagine that, uh, yeah, we're wrestling in mud <laughs> or jelly. Again, if you want to find out more about that, hit up Damon's DMs. <laughs> <laughs> it's just us wrestling on a bed of pies, triple chili pies at that. Some AMSR. But ASMR? AMSR. I, I, mean, I never remember. <laughs> <laughs> who, know, who knows? Who knows? Speaking of acronyms and all things uh, letters, though, just going back to talking about the Twitter X before we get into things. <laughs> I did. David, I just want to. I want to end it on a on a funny note because I did see the funniest tweet in relation to this, and it was, I don't know what Elon Musk and the owners of Twitter are expecting of me, but there is no way I'm typing X into the search bar with my wife standing behind me <laughs> <laughs> with a good old pre-feel. Oh, classic. Oh. Yeah. For those people who have no idea what that means, type X into your own uh, search bar and see what comes up and see how pure you are. <laughs> mm. Maybe if you have no idea, then you are the purest of all. Uh, anyway, Lim, let's uh, let's roll into the good, the bad and the ugly. And let's start it off with the good, of course. And it is, one guy who helped me almost reach the moon. I was kind of like, I'm going to call it a, a, I did reach the moon because it was uncharted territory. Ooh. There and back. And it was the man himself, James Sicily. So the big Sicilian absolutely bounced back and then some after a poor showing last week with a huge score of 171. That's what we all like to see, Liam. That's mm-hmm. a little bit yes. a little bit better. I think, it, I think it works out as well, like combined with last week's, what did he score? 50 something, 53 or something. Uh, ends up working out to be it's like 100 and, 112 points or something across the two weeks. So at least he's yeah, at least he's uh, he's kind of I don't know. It's like Lazarus, it's rising yeah. from the ashes. Yep, yep, yep. I know what you mean. Based off that, we're going to see like a score of like 300 next week if if he keeps these these trends up. If CD sales, is that what's the ah very oh. good, Liam. Did you know that disco record sales were up 400% for the year ending 1976? If these trends continue, hey! Let's move on to the bad. Let's bring it mm. down. Let's bring it down a notch. Uh, Tim Taranto, score of 91. On the surface, not too bad. Mm. Like, not, not the worst. Like, you know. Yeah. Like, if, I don't know, you're going to tell me that he scored 91, he was going to have a bad game and scored 91, I'd be like, all right. But considering he was on, I think he was on minus five, the end of quarter one, like, seriously, what are you doing? What are you doing? Is it kind of like the uh, the handicap that uh, you tried to give me in our uh, our weekly head-to-head wrestling for ultimate supremacy (laughs) that you were going to like, every every win in our head-to-head from here on out was going to be double points for you? Yeah, yeah it exactly. kind of like a handicap. Yeah, Tim Taranto was just handicapping himself for some reason. Yeah, yeah, sympathizing. Handicapping owners. Yeah. Uh, but a slow start did mean that he has to find himself on this part of the list, despite the fact that I guess a minus five to a 91 in three quarters isn't bad. Mm. But imagine what it could have been if he just had a mm. had a decent first quarter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. But uh, alas, he still scored. 
better than this next guy who's in the mm. ugly. And uh, it's someone who's actually serviced quite well. And he's probably been in the good more than he has been in the ugly. Um, so he's, he's been due. And it is your man, your boy, Errol boy. Golden. And he had That's a score of just 66, which just, Errol, oh, Errol, just isn't good enough. It's almost no. half of what he has been averaging, actually, for the uh, the six rounds prior. So we'll want to see uh, a definite bounce back this week. And he has in the past, I think, from memory, where he's actually scored pretty shit. He's come out the next week and he's gone boo-na-na. So, um, yeah. I mean, he scored a, a 47 back in round six, came out and scored a 119 the next week against the Giants. And then more recently, he scored a 62 in round 13 and then came out with a 111 against Ooh. Brisbane. So he's gone on a pretty good run as well, like 164, 124, 143, 117. So I guess he was due for a downer. So eh, maybe just give him a stay of execution for this one. Oh, definitely. I mean, come on. He's averaging 108.4 for the season. Mm. I think he's... Uh, Remember what everyone he's... told me that it couldn't happen at the start of the year? Yes, that's he true. He can't go up. He can't average 100. Yep. Look it's... at him. Look at him. Look at him go. At him. Who would have thought? <laughs> hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> Well, Liam, let's get into how both of our weeks transpired. So um, let me tell you, let me set the scene. So uh, I ended up scoring a 2,782. So it was really a week of weeks, really, in in my history books of of playing Supercoach for 18 plus years, because that almost sent me to the moon. And that score catapulted me 523 spots up the ranks to now sit ranked 492nd overall and gave me a weekly ranking, mind you, of 19th overall for the round. Very the nice. absolute scenes. I love how you were invested as well, like across the weekend when... Yeah, I was literally watching... <laughs> <laughs> on Supercoach data, you're like refreshing. I was refreshing. It wasn't working. And I'm like, am I going to be the recipient of two two grand? Am, am I going to win the weekly? It was, uh, it was good. It was looking good Ooh. at one stage until someone... Uh, that I'm in a, another league with uh, mentioned, oh no, someone I saw someone in my league scored a 2799 and like just literally deflated. Oh. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm done. But I think the person ended up winning, ended up scoring over 2900. Yeah. Ridiculous. Massive. I mean, it's got to be a record of some sort, surely. Surely. Really, really big. So, yeah. But I must say, like, in terms of my team, I have spoken of the top 500 being the dream for me come the end of the season. So Ooh. to hit it, so quickly means I probably should reassess my goals from here here on out and and maybe reach a little bit higher. But um, I think at minimum, I would be uh, stoked to keep a spot in the top 500. So I guess looking at numbers and whatnot, the top 100 is only really achievable if I can manage to score an extra 69 points a week on those currently ranked above me. So I might just have to hope for a score like the one this weekend to help me get there. But um, who knows, it can happen, it can happen. Once in a blue moon, once in a blue moon. But uh, in terms of uh, the breakdown of scoring, so the big key to my big scoring weekend was using my last trade to bring in Georgie Boy. Good old Georgie Boy Hewitt at the expense of Dev Rob. And uh, as we'll speak about uh, in a little bit more detail when we chat about Hewitt later on, the extra CBA is on the horizon with Cripps and Chera being out and the fact that he was facing the Eagles and the fact he would otherwise have been, I would have had otherwise have uh, had to rely on Matt Johnson to fill in for the injured Laird meant that he was just too hard to resist. He mm-hmm. was the fill in man. And um, I'm glad I didn't resist because 
Hewitt actually scored 98 points more than MJ. So, um, yeah, it would have been... Uh, a couple. Yeah, <laughs> it would have made a little bit of a difference, I think. So, uh, happy enough with that. But aside from that move, every player scored a ton or better bar Goulden 66, Taranto 91, and Dacos's 99, <laughs> and had nine players scoring 124 or better, including <laughs> Sicily with 171, Doherty 156, Stewart 152, Decam with a 135 in English as my VC lock-in captaincy choice with 134. So you can check out my full analysis of my team's performance and strategy on the run home in this week's edition of Team Talk. That's now live, of course, on YouTube for anyone keen. But all in all, it was a ripping week. And now with uh, absolute donuts in the uh, trade column, I just pray to the super coach gods for mercy from here on out. So please spare me. Spare me. First of all, amazing score. Like very, very good. And and <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, 19th. You didn't mention that. 19th for the round. Incredible. I want to just note, you messaged me, I think on Friday, being like, I'm using my last trade. And I was mm. like, no, no, you're not. Yeah. And then you told me what you were going to do. And I changed yeah. my mind very quickly. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, do it. I like it. And I did yeah. like it. And I'm glad you did it. I'm glad you did it. Because, oh. I reckon it's, uh, I should thank Laird in part really, because if mm. Laird was playing, I wouldn't have done it. I would have kept the trade and I probably would have seen it. Like, even though it's beneficial to have someone like Hewitt on the bench and even more so now with, with Walshy being, being out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with Walshy being out, I think sliding doors is I probably more than likely would have used the trade to trade out Walsh. So yeah, I don't know much for muchness, but it did help me on the weekend at least. And, you know, if hopefully Walshy comes back in two to three weeks, I'll at least have Hewitt as that uh, sort of loophole exactly. I think that's your benefit option, sort of solid twenty third man. But yeah, yeah, we'll see how we go. But so I should also thank as well um, when we're doing the um, the team sheets uh, live stream on Thursday. Had Joe as he always does, uh, the good man from um, Center Bounce. He uh, he mentioned he was like, oh, "I'm using my last trade on on Hewitt," and I was like, "You know what? I'm going to do it." And I was kind of fifty fifty on the bench on the on the fence. And uh, yeah, so he kind of um, gave me the uh, yeah. a bit of kick up the uh, the anus to, to get it done. So thank you, Joe. Tip of the cap to you as well, kind sir. No, I rate it. I rate it. Yeah. What about you, Onto, How did you onto my side. Yeah, not as not as well. Not as well. 2,569 was my end score. Um, yeah, still good, but that's we'll all about it later. Don't don't compare it to my because mine mine's an anomaly more than anything. Like, yeah, 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 no, no. But not even comparing it to yours. I I'm just I'm frustrated. And we'll touch on this later. We were just talking about the league that we're in. Um, oh yes, of the, course. Yeah. Uh the Supercoach Edge Cash League. And I had the third highest score for the round in that in that league, which means that, you know, most weeks you would win. But no, of yep. course not. Of course, I have to play sharpshooters this week. Oh, of course. And he, and he pips me. I think I would have beaten, yeah, I would have beaten six or something other teams, five other teams, had I played them. But no, no, no. Yeah. It's not how it works. I, I hate how that happens. Like, it's just, it's in the leagues. And at least I said this, like, when we we're chatting over the weekend, that everyone has at least one league where this happens yeah. where you're virtually almost the highest score, if not the highest score in the league. And it's almost like you have the most points. Like there's one league for me where I'm the highest scorer, but I have the second or third most points against. I should be top on points, obviously, but um, because factoring in the uh, points against and those match matchups week to week, I'm in fourth spot and like just 
on like I think it's overall points. Otherwise, it'd be like six or something. So yeah, it's it's just one of the quirks. Yeah, it's annoying. It is funny. I have an I have a league that's similar. I think on on points against, I'm second. On points for, I think I'm first. And then it means that I'm like eighth on the ladder. Like, oh, and it's just like I play everyone in their grand final. But anyway. <laughs> We move on. So I did score 2,569, which I am happy with. I am happy with. Uh, went up 804 spots and sit 7,469th overall. Um, so not quite like yours, obviously, but I am heading in the right direction, which is nice. I'm not going to go too much into my team because I didn't make any trades. Um, I think at this stage, though, goals. I'm going to try and crack the top 5K by season's end. It's what an extra. It's doable, but I don't know. We already want eight hundred we'll spots. Yeah, on the I weekend. just need to keep doing so it. If you do that at the same rate, like you'll be there within two weeks. <laughs> the problem is all of my trades that I'm making are not working out for me. So uh, we'll we'll see we'll see. Um, but regardless, if I, if I can make top five k, I think even if I can, as long as I can remain around this mark, I'm pretty happy considering where I was earlier yeah, yeah. in the season. Um, as I said, I didn't make any trades this week. Um, I've held my one, just holding on to it. Ooh. And I was like, I'm going to hold on to it from a few more weeks. And then Walshy, man, come on. You're going to listen to me. Uh, don't, don't do a hamstring when I've only got one trade left. Or so, alternatively, when I've used my trades yeah, <laughs> while I straight. Exactly. Um God. Anyway, I'll be looking to bolster the midfield someone with someone. Probably looking for a bit of a pod. Try and boost me up a little bit. Play a bit more risky. I don't know. See what happens and go from there. But I'm not going to go too much into my side other than that. Yep. No, well, fingers crossed that uh, I'm confident that you can you can crack the 5K. In fact, I reckon you could go closer to 2,500, even Harvard, even further. I uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll because see. from here on out, I reckon a lot of people – was a super coach – Data came out with um, I don't know if you'll be able to find it now, but uh, it was it was to summarize, it was like twenty five percent of the top thousand have are on zero trades. This is like going into the weekend. Yeah, okay. Then it was like another twenty eight percent or something had one trade, another twenty percent or something had two trades, and then the remainder was like three and up. So I reckon a lot of people in the same boat, pretty much as as you um, more so than me uh, with a down to one trade at the moment. And, you know, I guess all those owners of Walsh, if you factor in his ownership, depending on, you know, their, uh, they cover off the bench. And if they, they are able to hold like 13% of his owners are more than likely going to have to trade. If you think yeah. maybe half of those, which is, uh, you know, that's 24,000 teams that own him, for example, like he's just one. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be uh, interesting. I think the one thing that's going to separate um, uh, the uh, the cream um, from uh, you know as rising to the top as as opposed to the rest is those people that go for the pods and those people that choose um, like I guess pod captaincy options. I think, and that's kind of what I'm leveraging on at the moment um, with zero trades. Like that's the, really the only point of difference that I have aside from those point of difference players that I have mm. outright. So. Um, that's going to be the differentiating uh, factor, I think, across the board when people are pretty much out of trades. So, um, yeah, I think that's I think that's 
with that in mind, I reckon, yeah, that's why you're a chance to still go up in rank. But you do need a bit of luck as well with injuries, obviously. Suspensions, all that sort of stuff. Not gonna, none of that happens to us, but yeah, is what it is. Hope. Yeah. Anyway, Liam, let's uh, round out the uh, the head-to-head uh, where, of course, we're always wrestling for the ultimate supremacy. Always. Uh, and uh, we spoke of last week that the, uh, the double points for wins handicap uh, which we're going to give for yourself, which we didn't really agree on, but um, I just thought it'd be funny to do. Um, that's pretty much now dead in the water because I notched up another win, um, but it would have been a massive upset had you actually beaten me with the score that I had. So, yeah, um, if I had somehow won, that would have been <laughs> that, that would have felt that dirty. That would have gone um, in line with what we're just talking about in terms of like when you score really mm. high, you have a good week, and then the person you're playing always like outscores you. Yeah, would have felt yeah. dirty. No, nah, it, would, it would have been a great achievement. That would have that would have been a mounting of the of the comeback. But maybe it wouldn't now have been. Do we... I don't think it would have been like a win head to head. It would have been a win for both of us almost. You know, you wouldn't care. Yeah, you almost yeah, don't true. care if you lose nah, any score like that. But I know what you mean. Yeah, but when we're talking about uh, you know the ultimate supremacy, uh, it's, it's high stakes, no, it high stakes. Matter. Yeah, it but, but but does it always matters? But uh, should we should we now uh, up the handicap to three? Uh, every win for you is worth three because then what there's five rounds remaining. Um, what that'll give you 15 wins plus the three you've already got will give you 18. So you'd be 18 wins to my 16. So I think we can fairly assume that I will <laughs> not be winning if I, I might win one for the rest of the season based off this yeah. ratio. Okay. So it probably needs to be like 15 points is one win, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe not. We'll see how we go. Yeah, see how we go. See how we go. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, see you. Yeah, next goal wins is literally all it is. <laughs> it's like we're talking about Oz kick rules. <laughs> no matter who is actually winning. Uh, but now, Liam, let's delve into the next segment, of course, and it is The Price is Right. Show me the money. Now, for those tuning in for the first time, The Price is Right is the segment where we discuss potential trades, the trade targets from week to week, or whether a specific player under question should even be traded at all. So let's kick it off with uh, the first category of going, going, gone. Liam, who do we have first up? First up, we have Will Ashcroft, mid-eligible, 510.3K, which I was shocked to see, actually. I didn't realize he had gone up that much. Uh, mm. Averaging 84.5 with a break-even of 136. Um, if you do still have the Lions' father-son, it is time to move him on. He has uh, done his ACL. Um, we wish him a speedy recovery, but it is yeah. a huge blow for the young bloke, um, which is sad to see. Um, so hopefully he'll come back um, bigger and better yeah. uh, in, a, in, a, in a year or so. Yeah. I, I, do, I do hope as well that... Um... Because I know a lot of people, I've already seen articles come out about him, you know, oh, can he still win the Rising Star? Like, you know, there's only five, there's five rounds to go. I think for me personally, like unless the likes of a Sheasel or a uh, Mitch Owens or whatnot who are in contention mm. do something absolutely spectacular, I think he's done enough. He's had enough of a, a body of work to be judged upon, like, you know, what is it, three quarters of the season or thereabouts, roughly, um, that he's played, that's enough body of work for me to assess upon. Like, is he good enough to win the Rising Star yeah. in comparison to the others? So hopefully he isn't discounted um, overall because I think personally he should win. I think the, the games that yeah, he's I had agree. have been standouts. It's the I role think... he plays as well. Like, yeah. it's it's hard to break into a side like he has. Yeah, it's And true, then true. to play such a big 
a big role in that that role. Yeah. Um, so I play so well in that role and to sort of hold that role, I think is tough for a first year player. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there, but uh, nonetheless, all the best, as you said to him, because he looked like uh, he might've been the uh, late season resurgence, like we saw with Dacos yeah. um, last year as well. So yeah, it's a bit of a shame, but at least um, the silver lining for owners is he didn't actually drop in price. He went up 7.4K due to a low break even. So at least now you can trade him to someone uh, around the mark um, that will be of primo capacity. Uh, let's move on to the next player, and it is Jordan Ridley, defender, priced at three, sorry, three, priced at 513.2K, averaging at 94.9 with a break even of 70. And yes, yet again, the Riddler roller coaster, it uh, rolls on. This time he's done a quad after some knee bruising a couple of weeks ago. He's done, unfortunately, for the season proper, as Essendon have come out and said. Um, so it's really time to move him on if you've got, still got him. So again, he's still around a better price point that you could, hopefully, if you've got cash in the bank, uh, trade him up to someone of worth uh, around about like a, a Sinclair potentially or a Doherty um, mm. or guys like that, or maybe even swing a DPP if you can. But uh, yeah, a bit unfortunate there, especially for those people that, Traded him out, traded him back in, traded him out, traded him back in. Um, you did it once over. I traded, traded him in, traded twice him over. out, traded him in, and then traded him out. So four trades on one player. Woo! I'm sure you're not alone there. Given I wonder the why I'm doing so well this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I only did it once with him. I only did it once. But uh, I was very, very tempted to bring him back in. So mm. again, just comes down to luck. You can't. You can't plan for that. So it's just unfortunate. And he turned his season around. He was killing it. He did. He scored what? Even 136 odd? on the weekend, I think. It yeah. was 136 or 135, something like that. Um, it was a late quad. So yeah, managed to play out most of the game. But yeah, unfortunate. Unfortunate. Moving on. Sean Darcy, Ruck eligible, 553.8K, averaging 105.5 with a break even of 85 and if it wasn't already obvious to trade him, it is now after Fremantle have confirmed that Hodor requires surgery on his ankle and will miss the remainder of the season. The door has shut on season Ooh. 2023 for Hodor. <laughs> Very good. The door has shut and he's uh, he's laying up against it. He's like just defeated, yeah. a defeated man. Mm. But although I, I wonder, Hodor. I wonder, yeah, poor Hodor, <laughs> exactly right. Uh, the door has shut. That's very good by you. I like that. <laughs> I wonder yes. now, like, because he's no longer like there holding the door. That was part of the reason why I broke into the top one K in the style that I did. I absolutely burst it down. Mm. So maybe, uh, maybe you just can just sit down on the couch, hold all this time. Um, watch some Game of Thrones. Be very meta of him. Um, let's round it out with uh, Nat Fife, of course, mid forward. That man who. I became really acquainted with at the start of the season and never again, 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 again. Uh, he's priced at 313.1K, averaging a 50.7 with a break-even of 60. So like Darcy, Fife will unfortunately miss the remaining five games of the year and will operate as nothing more than a DPP loop. But given his higher price tag, he is an easy downgrade to a rookie if you need the cash or swap to a more reliable and cheaper option as bench cover like a Georgie Hewitt, perhaps, who we'll speak of shortly. Yes. Now let's move on to the chopping block. And again, the difference here is these are guys that mm, you could trade out, you could hold. Um, it really comes down to how you are situated 
and where your trades are and all that kind of stuff. Um, so first up, we got your boy Damon Sammy Walsh, mid eligible, five thirty nine, sorry five thirty five point nine k, averaging one hundred and four point one with a break even of one hundred and thirteen, and he was on fire on the weekend, uh, but was before succumbing to a hamstring injury. Um, just before half time, it's only a minor grade hamstring though, so should only miss two to three weeks according to the club. But it should be noted that that equates to forty to sixty percent of the rest of the season, mm. and at a stage that's incredibly important as we head into Super Coach Finals. Um, I obviously own him. I have trades. I have trade. Sorry, uh, I'll be moving him on. Uh. Yeah, he's not going to return until round 22, round 23. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Clayton Oliver's also made me think anyone that has a hamstring is going to be up for like yeah. 20 weeks. I know. Uh, uh, but that being said, as we said, it's the second and third week of Supercoach Finals before he's back, which is the semi and the prelim. Um, I think, though, the reason he's in this section is if you – have one trade left. Like, I feel like if you had one trade left and you'd kind of done what you had done, Damon, if you have, where you've brought in Hewitt, you could almost hold him until you could hold him with Hewitt mm. playing. Um, if so if you do have the cover and reliable cover, I don't mind holding Walsh um, until he comes back. If you want to hold a trade, but it's a lot of cash to be holding on your bench at this stage of the season. While, yep. Yeah, it's going to be at minimum forty percent of the season to come. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Like with, I'm I'm pretty blessed. Like it's a silver lining, I think, in my case, with Hewitt in my team because I liken it to I don't know if anyone tuning at the moment play NFL fantasy, but it's like the old they talk about the correlation between the quarterback and the wide receiver. Like the wide receiver only scores based upon how the quarterback performs. So obviously mm. the quarterback throws to the wide receiver, catches it, and there's there's like a positive correlation there scoring that will sort of linked. This is kind of a similar situation with Hewitt yes. and Walsh. With Walsh being out, Hewitt's CBAs then elevate, and he's, I guess, his job security is already solid. But as we saw on the weekend, um, he was taken over Matt Kennedy's CBAs, who's pretty much out for the season. But now with Walsh being out for that period, at least the uptick in scoring, although the scoring you'd lose from Walsh, um, is then sort of taken up by Hewitt in turn, um, which, yeah, again, we'll, we'll get into a bit more detail when we talk about Hewitt, but I think it still bodes well. Even, you know, I know Cripps and, and Chura were out on the weekend. I still think uh, without Walsh being there, um, Hewitt's now going to be almost the third fiddle in the engine room. So mm-hmm. there will be uh, a bit of correlation. They're similar to like when we talk about, you know, if you've got, um, uh, what was it, last year when it was Maxi Gorn and Luke Jackson when Gorn was out, yeah, and people were jumping on Luke Jackson because there was correlation there. He was going to pick up the scoring whilst Gorn was out. So it's a similar sort of, I guess, scenario here with Hewitt and Walsh. Yep, makes sense entirely. Well, let's move on. Speaking of Ruckman, to uh, Kieran Briggs. Uh, of course, a Ruck priced at four ninety nine k, averaging a one hundred five point one with a break even of one eighteen. So he finds himself here again as four of his last five scores have actually been sub one hundred. With that being said. He faces the Bulldogs, Sydney, and Port in his next three games, all of which give away plenty of points to opposition Ruckman. But it really does come down to what trades you have and why he really finds himself in this segment. Because uh, otherwise, a uh, must say a juicy solo Ruck, at the moment anyway, mm. in Gorn, is almost too 
hard to resist um, as the, uh, I guess, the alternative um, to So to Briggs. set you back a little bit. Sorry, Briggs to Gorn is going to uh, going to set you back a little bit more now. Yeah, it's well. true, yeah. But but I don't mind it. I think it's just hard with Flynn, Flynn in the wings every week <laughs> waiting to take on Briggs's role. And, uh, yeah, but I suppose equally you've got Grundy and Gorn. Mm, um, but, yeah, I think Melbourne have looked a bit different without Grundy, unfortunately, for him. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I didn't realize that Gorn's actually gone up uh went up another forty one point nine K on the weekend. So mm. yeah, you'd have to spend over a hundred K uh to upgrade Briggs to Gorn. So yeah, maybe that's uh shooting for the stars because I don't imagine many people would have that sort of cash in the bank. Mm. Unfortunate. Let's move on now to the fun part. Get them in. First up, we have none other than James the Sicilian Sicily. Yeah. Defender eligible. 643.6K is what he will set you back. He is averaging 113.6, and he has a break even of 142, but you should get him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should really go without saying, if you do have the funds and you're in the market for the absolute cream of the crop, look no further than the Sicilian himself who reminded us all of his scoring ability with a score of 171. He more than bounced back from his tagged game the week prior against North. I also love that North didn't tag um, Sinclair. Yeah. It like, made no sense at all. No anyway. sense. Mm, anyway, yeah. sorry, just side note. Yep. Uh, he did True. score 58 in that game. But aside from that game, he has scored 134, 134, 172, 136, and now 171 <laughs> in five of his past six. And we ignore that 58 means nothing. Yep. Better yet, though, he faces St. Kilda this week, who concede the most points to opposition defenders, the very team he scored 172 against last time and just, <laughs> you know, gave a little clip to Caminiti. Yep. Uh, and please don't do that. Found himself so on the outer again. So please <laughs> replicate the score, but not the uh, yeah. not the suspension. Yeah, please, please do. <laughs> but with an ownership of just fifteen percent, which was at around thirty percent at its peak, he presents as an uberpod. And with his type, with this blah blah, and with his type of scoring, it could truly be the ace up the sleeve that could catapult mm. you up the ranks and win you crucial matches in your head-to-head leagues. Get on it. Yeah, and there's there's a there's a double double edged. I guess it's a double-edged sword because not only are you getting someone who's an Uber pod um, and he's an Uber primo, so you know you're going to get like, it's it's not just like a, a, you know, a simple pod of someone that has a, you know, high ceiling here and there, the floor can fall away. This is a guy with a high floor, high ceiling, the sort of scores that you read out there that he can produce. But then also on top of that, the fact that you're able to captain him or put the VC on him means that your level of, pod factor with him is just to the moon yeah. to the moon to borrow that phrase yet again um no, so yeah i, I think if, if you can get him in a hundred percent like with you know guys that have uh that have gone out got injured all that sort of it's stuff hard though, um, with that it is very hard that's what we spoke of weeks ago didn't we like in terms of mm. when he did get suspended you really needed to forward plan for him yep and i'm lucky enough that i did and i was able to because i had 100k left in the bank just burning a hole in my pocket <laughs> And just held out and resisted temptation across the board. Um, but yeah, I think there was 
was something like, uh, I think it was like, was it six teams or something in the top hundred ended up having him like two weeks ago. Now it's up to, I think it's around about 20 out of, uh, it's like 20% out of the top. So 20 teams out of, out of uh, the top a hundred have him now. But um, even just looking at his, his ownership kind of gives you uh, just comparing it uh, from the round just gone to the week prior. Mm. You can really tell off the basis of that, that people are either struggling for trades or struggling for cash to upgrade to him because round 18, he was selected by 28,692. And on the weekend, he his ownership only went up by 240 teams. So, and that's off the no. back. I mean, he scored pretty shit, but um, you know what you're going to get with, with Sicily. He was being tagged. There was a reason for it. But I think that just shows that the small sample size, obviously, but it does show, I think, that people don't have the cash to bring him in or they're reluctant to use two trades in order to to fund the trade in of Sicily. So again, that just speaks to that that pod side of things that people are going to find it incredibly hard to get him in. And mm-hmm. again, if he scores as well as what he did last time, um, looking at Supercoach Plus, his break-even is, yes, as you said, 142 this weekend. If he's projected to score, sorry, if he reaches his projected score of 147, the break-even for him the following week against the Pies will be 54. Um, and if he scores a 129, as he's projected to there, he'll go up to 679.7K. So he's kind of, the price is just getting away from a lot of people. Um, yeah. So if you want to get him, despite the high break-even, this is the week to get him, I think, with that matchup. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it is the matchup. The matchup's the big thing here. Um, mm. And I think at this stage of the season, you almost need to ignore the prices where you can because yep. it's it, waiting a week is going to cause a lot less points overall. Yep. It's not like, you know, 10 weeks ago where, you know, a score of 130, which might be, I don't know, 60 points more than his um, whoever you've traded him to, whoever you would trade him to, who you've got in place of him mm. across, you know, whatever, 15 weeks, smooths out to not many points per week. But right Very now, true. if it's the difference between, I don't know, if you're having to field a Weddle or yeah. a, uh, what's his name, Seamus or anyone like that, like it's a big price difference. Yeah, it's a massive difference, isn't it? That's a good way to look at it as well. That um I don't know if it's the stage of the season now where you should be playing the um the numbers game when it comes to break even anyway. Yeah. Like it's either you've got the cash or you don't, I think, at the moment. Yeah. Um because as you say, the likelihood of him scoring high again, especially against the St. Kilda, is it's too hard to pass up, I think, because if he does score high again, um, you've missed out on those points. Um, and as we always say, like trading in a play off the back of a good game, you don't get those points in that given week. Like it's from how they score from then on. So, um, with every passing week, I think you've just got to get him in. Um, if you, if you really want to, to catapult ahead of the competition, um, whether it's overall or in your, uh, in your league. So yeah, as you mentioned as well, like he's a, he's a big ace up the sleeve, a hundred percent. Um, but let's move on to the next option, and it is Sam Doherty as a defender midfielder, priced at 562.9K, averaging a 103.5 with a break-even of 81. 
And the doc, he was a huge beneficiary of various factors, really, which saw him garner season high CBAs to the tune of 58%. The first factor was the absence of both Cripps and Chera. And this was further boosted once Walsh left the game with that hamstring injury. And this saw him smash out a season high score of 156 against a hapless Eagles outfit. And with Walsh confirmed to miss two to three weeks, it means his chance of obtaining decent CBA time increases, even with the return of Cripps and Chera, albeit, um, as I spoke of earlier about Hewitt, uh, he's probably fourth fiddle, I think, uh, but likely more of a chance of having higher rotations yeah. through the midfield, as we saw on the weekend. Uh, and with an ownership of just 10%, he presents his relative pod compared to the more popular Stewart, Dawson, Sinclair, etc., and could prove a solid pod or pod play to get the edge of your head-to-head league opponents as well as climbing the ranks. Yes. Yes, yes. I think he's a great pick if you can get him. DPP, all that kind of stuff, um, super handy, um, and should benefit from Walsh being out for another week, you'd think. Um, oh, sorry, should benefit for the next couple of weeks, at least two, potentially three, um, with Walsh being... Out. So I'm just having a look at Carlton's fixture. So they play Collingwood. Uh, St. Kilda. Yep. Gold Coast. I think I'm still a team a week there. Uh, Melbourne, Gold Coast. And then oh, the Giants. The Giants, yes. Okay. Interesting run. Tough one to... I don't think there's any correlation there. Probably say Kilda maybe, um, but it just depends on where he lines up. But yeah, I like it. I'd really rate getting Doherty in if you can afford him. Yeah, I think Three it's on. also, sorry, just just quickly as well, just just to that point, you know how we spoke of like late last year when Doherty was getting some extra CBAs off the back of Walsh being injured? Yeah. It's a bit of a deja vu situation here because uh, round 22, round 23 last year, he had 75% CBAs and 88% CBAs. Um, obviously not that high on the weekend, but uh, he scored a 121 and a 138 in both of those games. So mm. a little bit of a small sample size there, but it does give a bit of an insight into the extra, um, I guess, boost to his scoring he can have. Yeah. And I assume like you can kind of almost uh, probably assume that the one, the 156 was it? Yeah. Um, there's a bit of a, what's the opposite of a tax? The subsidy by yep. playing the uh, the Eagles. <laughs> Um, yep. on any scoring, but even then, I think if he can manage, like you said, 120, 120s, average 120 for the rest of the season, um, that's that's a win, it's a win for that position and for that DPP. Could be a nice little move from Walsh to him if you have the cash, mm-hmm. true. Yep, um, moving on, Jack Steele, mid eligible 553.9k, he is averaging. 97.8 with a break-even of 54. And he has come back with an absolute vengeance. Now, there's two correlations here. Well, there's not, not even two, just one. Literally, mm. the week I traded him out. <laughs> so he failed to turn up between rounds oh, 11 to God. 16, which I think is all of the weeks that I owned him. Uh, he's gone, since then, though, he's gone 140, 105, and 160. Those One of those scores adds up to all the scores that I had him for for, like, 10 weeks, I reckon. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's really come off the back, looking at his numbers, um, solid tackle numbers and an increase in his disposals. And on top of that, he's really just increased his time on ground. 
uh, he had 87% on the weekend, which is much higher than what we've seen. 77% the week before, 85% the week before that. Um, and that rounds out with his uptick in scoring. And he, um, but when you compare that to the three weeks prior to those, you know, those stronger scores, he had 76%, 68% and 77%. So you can really see that he's obviously now fit. Yeah. Something he wasn't when I was in my side. Likewise. <laughs> he is cheap as chips at the minute. An easy trade um, from Sammy Walsh if you do have the cash. Um, it's only, what, 20-odd K. <clears throat> Not even. Yep. I like it. Yep. I'm ready to be heard again myself. <laughs> Please do it. Please. We we do love Jack Steele. We spoke you speak we of do. him so highly. But I feel like I said like two weeks ago he's on my never again list. And he's on my again list now. Yeah. Well, you know what I've been saying uh about Fife, what we've both been saying about Fife oh and God. what happened uh to me uh when I started him this year. So uh never say never. That's uh that's what I've learned. Good point. 2023. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's only good to go back to the well on certain players and it's definitely not. I've learned across the journey so many times with five. Um, but yeah, I like it. I like Jack Steele. He's a, um, I still, I still harbor a bit of a flame for him. You could say, uh, super coach wise. He's a, uh, physically as well. He's a good looking bloke. Uh, that's for sure. And, and good footy yeah, player. But, I'm done uh, with him. You're done in, in your, uh, your burn book. <laughs> I'm tall bloody Friday night when I trade him back in. Um, <laughs> Please do it so I can ride the wave with you. Please do it. He's, he's back, I'm sure. He's back. He looked really good. I watched, I watched He has looked really That's the thing. He's looked really good mm. the last three weeks after I traded him out. <laughs> Nothing has changed other than I traded him out. That's that's the uh, that's the one link. You're the, the link in the chain there. I trade him back in and he's going to be like, oh no, my Achilles has snapped. My shoulder is broken again. And I'm concussed because I look on wood. Please don't happen. Fell over because I fell yeah. over at the same time. Concussed. He's gonna tackle someone and he's going to get suspended for like six matches. Oh yeah, actually, I'm surprised. Knock on wood that it hasn't happened to him, given the amount of mm. times that he tackles a game. Yeah, you are right. Oh. Nah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Uh, let's move on to the next candidate, and uh, it is that boy, Georgie boy, Georgie boy Hewitt, who we've spoken about uh, a lot already. Uh, midfielder, priced at two ninety two point five k, averaging a seventy one point five with a break even of negative thirty six. So we'll be in hot demand this week. Mm -hmm. uh, so Georgie boy, he punched out a one twenty seven on the weekend and proved himself a worthy trade in candidate with stars aligning really on the weekend with the side missing Cripps and Chera equating to added CBAs along with Walsh, of course, injured in game. And the fact that he was facing an Eagle side that was, uh, you know, conceding bulk points to opposition teams across the park. And despite increasing in value, 32.7 K, he's still extreme value considering mm -hmm. he's 320.8 K cheaper than his starting price with the depreciation in his value due to being played as a sub for four consecutive weeks upon return from a concussion sustained against the Swans. On the weekend, Hewitt was given 73% CBAs, and as already discussed with regards to Doc potentially benefiting from the absence of Walsh in terms of extra CBAs, this applies even more so to Hewitt, given he is now virtually third fiddle in the engine room behind Cripps and Chera. So he will be expected to, uh, I guess, pick up the slack even when Cripps and Chera return. His ownership did rise from uh, that big fat donut of 0% to 
or 800 odd teams heading into the weekend to now sit at 2% or 2.8K percent of teams now having, or 2.8K teams uh, having, having him in their side. So goes without highlighting how much of a pod he is at the present time and a worthy player for on-field cover off the bench if trades allow, which as we spoke of in terms of uh, Fife, uh, that'd be a downgrade to Georgie Boy Hewitt. Unfortunately, he doesn't have DPP like he did last year. Um, but I think as I can attest to, provides ample cover. And uh, as we spoke of with regards to Walsh, that's a positive correlation there in his uptipping scoring should be, um, yeah, sort of front of mind, I think, in terms of around about that price point, if you're looking for cover. Agreed. I I rate it. I think with one trade left, that's my only issue. One trade left in Walsh, unless I was going to go, I could go a Wardlaw to him and then hold Walsh. Mm. Yeah, that was, that was going to be my next question mm. to you. If you're in that situation, I mean, that, that is banking on Walsh returning within two to three weeks. Yeah, that's um, my concern, I think. I must admit, because I was at the game live and I was I was like an eagle, like a hawk. I was watching him after the uh, the the uh, the team song started playing and everyone went up and applause and I went bananas. Um, I saw him, he was wearing full tracksuit no ice on the hamstring, which is a good sign. Um, didn't look to be, you know, hobbling badly. So I'm like, okay, mm. well, the strain must have been minor, which it's turned out to be via the scan. Uh, that's me just putting my doctor's hat on <laughs> um, when I was at the game. But and I think he's, he's, he's like an ultra professional, um, like in terms of his rehab, everything he's gone through previously. Uh, I think he returned ahead of schedule in his previous injury that he had is to his foot. Um so I am a little bit confident that he's going to be returning around about, as they say, two to three weeks. Um, mm. If it's just a minor strain, but again, it's just that worry that that stupid piggy Oliver in the back of my mind thinking, you know, it's a hammy, could be a setback, could be this, could be that. Um, I'm, in a, I'm in a perfect situation in the fact that it's out of my hands and I've already put myself in that situation. Um, but it would mean that you hold a primo with George Hewitt being the, yeah. Yeah, the 23, the 23rd man in Hewitt. Um, whereas, yeah, do you just bite the bullet and go upgrade a, a Walsh to a genuine? Yeah, Primo? to a Steel or a Doherty. Mm. Yep, Took Miller, all that sort of stuff. Took Miller, yeah. Yep. yep, yep, yep. It's a tough one. It is actually is really a tough one because when you've only got one trade left, I think that's where your concern lies in a sense it's it's frustrating as well because it's not like Walsh is missing um with like I don't know he's tackled someone and he's you know missing a week suspended, um, yeah. suspended and you're like okay he's gonna come back in fine but equally by going to I don't know it's a lot of questions because it's like if you go Wardlaw to Hewitt you're banking on Walsh coming back in a sense, mm. which I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be as bad touch wood as an, I don't think, I think we're all discard from Oliver. Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm going to have to think about it. You're going to well, have I mean, to think about it. I, I do think back to um, just briefly, like Josh Kelly, he did a hamstring. And he's renowned for like, you know, soft tissue yeah. injuries and getting injured all the time. He's come back successfully from a hamstring. So it's like, 
it is doable, but I think, yeah, you're totally right. It's just, we're all scarred from, from Clary. Um, but it, it could make Walshy a bit more of a pod, uh, if anything, with a lot of people trading him out. Um, he, yeah. I must admit, it was only against the Eagles. I know that, but he looked like an out and out superstar. Like I was reminded of like glimpses of a Judd spinning out of traffic, like ball over the head, like evading tackles. He looked absolutely incredible. Like the best I've seen him play, uh, all season. Um, bar the game against what was it Frio? I think it was potentially, uh, where he was best on ground. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> like he's in twelve point eight percent of teams at the moment. If a bulk people are trading him out, it makes him a pod via that. Do you gift yourself another pod with that? But he's not performing to the level of a you know a decent primo. That's the other thing to keep in mind as well. So I don't know. It's a tough one. I don't know. Oh, something to ponder. Something yep. to ponder. Uh, let's move on to the next guy on the list. And it is LDU, Luke Davies Uniaki. Uh, obviously plays in the midfield. 586.5K is what he will cost you. He is averaging 112.1 for the season and has a break-even of 76. Now, we spoke about him last year, uh, last week, sorry, and he cannot be ignored after another strong showing. Since his return from injury, LDU has gone 94, you know, return game. We'll give him that. 134, 129, and 133, and he has increased 92K in price across that period. Equally as pleasing, though, is his CBA numbers have settled at the early season highs when he busted out the 143 and 155 in his opening games. With 72%, 81 86%, and 82% as well. Of course, he comes with that injury risk that we spoke of last week with his rate of scoring and form. It is a risk worth taking, especially as a pod, considering he's just 8% of uh, teams. That could give you a bit of an edge over the competition. It's just hard. I feel like when you've got one trade left, you really don't want to uh, use your last trade on an injury-prone player. No, yeah, exactly. So one thing to consider there, but again, I think the uptick in scoring, it's going to be positive. Basically getting someone, hopefully... I mean, looking at his last three weeks, got a three-round average of, what, 132-ish? Yep, roughly. Um, Quick maths. Um, But really, the cherry on top here is, guess who he faces this week? Yes. We're the Eagles. (laughs) The West Coast Eagles. Hmm. Enough said. Enough said. (laughs) Get him in. It's almost as good as James Sicily facing the Saints. Saints. And he scored uh one forty three in round one against them as well. So yeah, mm. uh, he could go absolutely boonanas again, absolute juice, hundred percent. Stick a straw in it, slope away. I like it. Well, Liam, this next guy, I might hand it over to you because you you've you've listed him here, and I like it. I've just done a little bit of uh, quick research as you were rolling through uh, LDU, the good old UDL. Mm. But this next guy, a decent pod. And for good reason. I've even looked at what number is, what percentage of teams is in, and it's just, just no, he's a pod. Uh, and he is be. from the Giants. His name is Mr. Sam Taylor, and he is priced 523.4K. He's obviously a defender. He is averaging 90 on the dot with a break even of 51, and he is in 1% of teams. But when we look Ooh. at the percentage of teams picked, it's actually 0.6%. So very, very, very big pod. 
so he is, yeah, option for you as a pod. For those that, that like them, we like a pod here at Supercoach mm-hmm. Edge. Taylor, yeah. though, has had a nice little uptick in scoring in recent weeks with scores of 118, 117, 130, and 121. Obviously, the risk is whether he holds up that scoring for the rest of the year. His increase in scoring, looking at his stats, has really come off the back of an increase in disposals and an increase in his marking. So we can probably say that he's got a bit of a better role. The risk, though, is before his run of hundreds, he scored two 40s in a row, and there's some scores of 60, 70s, a 90, and a 115. So, yeah, hasn't necessarily got a great floor. Yeah. And he only, he only scored a few tons last year as well. Um, I think it was all Australian last year as well. But he, um, in terms of the games to come as well, I was looking at that. He's got the Bulldogs up next who concede uh, to opposition defenders, uh, general good. defenders. Yep. By far and away the most, like ridiculously so. I mean, look at Ridley it's... on the weekend, 135. Yep. I'm pretty sure it was Ridley. I'm pretty sure Laverde scored about 130 as well. Um, so yeah, could be some nice uptick there. Yep. Uh, then he's got Sydney. Sydney. Uh, don't really concede too many points, but he's got to put Adelaide after that. Likewise, yep. uh, Essendon who have been conceding some points to yep. defenders. They've kind of cleaned it up a little bit. Um, sort of more, uh, high defenders pushing up onto the wing more than anything, but, um, yep. they have been, uh, and then Carlton as well. I think, uh, yes, they concede a few points to defenders as well. So, yeah, he might be an option. Might be an option. Uh, fraught with danger, of course, though, being a with uh, danger. what key position defender, you know, that sort of player, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, um, one that can take an intercept mark. Yeah. But, but he's a Tom Stewart, yeah, potentially like a, yeah, a Tom Stewart type. That's where I'm thinking, looking at just the increase in his stats, I do wonder whether he's playing that a little bit more. Yeah. Like 10 marks on the weekend, six, eight, one is really the drop-off. And then it was three, three, eight, seven, five, nine, three. So yeah, a bit of an uptick in recent weeks. And then in terms of disposals, yeah, kind of quite a lot higher than what they had yeah. been. I wonder if he's taken that role that, uh, you know, Himmelberg had last year. Yeah. Himmelberg's still busting at 80s, 90s, thereabouts. He hit the ton on the weekend. Um, but I wonder if he's kind of like more gone into that role. Mm. Um, just picking it up with intercept. Yeah, but nonetheless, as you mentioned, he is a pod if you are looking for an Uber pod, uh, which he is at that. So, Liam, let's move on to the next segment. And I don't know if you've got it handy there. I do have it handy. That is your hook and uh, and and eye patch and peg. No, leg. I'm I'm changing what sort of captain I am this week. Oh, okay. A nice captain, despite the fact that my captain's hat does have an anchor on it. We're going to uh, we're gonna take a seat in the in the flight lounge before we, we head onto the plane and I'm going to be the captain speaking. This is your oh. captain speaking. I'm speaking. Very good. I am the captain now with my double hat today. But no, what does a plane, a plane doesn't really make a noise, does it? No, but may, maybe you can install like a horn on yeah, your plane. Yeah, a little toot toot. <laughs> Over the intercom, you just <laughs> yeah. like... Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking, Liam Evans. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the captain now. 
<laughs> Ian, I'm the captain now. We chat about VC and C options that you've got for this upcoming round of Supercoach. As always, we've scrounged through the data and we found the best options for you to consider. And we're going to kick off Friday night. Friday night lights at the MCG. Vice captain options, Damon. Your mob up against the pies. Friday at 7.50 p.m. And I'm excited because I'm going to be joining you for that game. You are indeed. I only uh, got a little bit of that, uh, and I forgot to mention it to you pre-show. So, yes, uh, glad to have you along for the ride. Mm. Who will you be going for? That's a question. As, as a rival fan, as, as many listeners would already know and viewers uh, of, of the Dons. So you're kind of – or are you on the fence? Are you, are you just an impartial observer? I feel like I'll be an impartial observer. I feel like mm. – I was always taught that when Collingwood and Carlton play, you just hope they beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> yes. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's literally it. I do have like... some spare merch I can give you. I can give you a I hat. Like... I can give you a scarf. I can deck you out. It'll burn you, there's no this, doubt. But... There's this level of like, I don't want Collingwood to win, but I like the way they play. And I like Craig McRae, oh. but I also don't want them to yeah. win. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. I. You know what? I'm just a Craig McRae fan. <laughs> yeah, as, as am I. As am I. As I can say firsthand. Because I worked with him and he's a really nice bloke. But oh, yeah. Collingwood as a whole, if I removed like him, yeah. the hatred level just goes up. Yeah, exactly. But but see, I don't even think the hatred level goes up. I feel like the hatred level remains constant. I just like Craig, Craig McRae. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I, I still love to see them lose. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, agreed. 100%. Yeah. Which is funny. Yeah, I, I, I start like looking back. I still can't believe I still can't believe that I worked there. For those people tuning in, they probably already know yes, this, but I, yes, yes. I worked at Collingwood. That's how I met Craig McRae, and he was actually the first person that I met when I was out on the training field filming oh, really? training. He was nice enough to come over. He saw that I was probably packing my dax, came over, introduced himself, and had a bit of a brief conversation with him. Like, where'd you come from? Like all this nice sort of stuff. Super nice dude, and that's what I love. Like the the nice one of the nicest guys in footy, mm. and yeah. Really, really nice bloke. So um, go Craig McRae and Collingwood. You can just get in the bin um, because none of the players that I liked that I uh, was there with at the club are no longer there that I like. So, yeah, probably speaks to some players that are still there that I don't like. I'm not going to ask any questions. <laughs> yes. Not on air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me just say one had his milestone game on the weekend. That's probably did a bit of a dead giveaway. He was gifted a goal by Jamie Elliott, who I like. I don't know if you oh. saw. No, I actually I didn't see much. He's of that game. the vice captain. I think he's the vice captain. I think I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, came from GWS. Yeah, I, I think I should just say his name. It's Taylor Adams. <laughs> <laughs> I've given it away, uh, various reasons. But anyway, let's move on. Um, all the best, Tay. If you're uh, if this comes through to you, but uh, yeah. Uh, first up, we have Nick Dacos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In his last four. Uh, against the Baggers. Uh, he, he's got a hundred. three. Oh, sorry, three. What an idiot. Oh, sorry, let's say four because maybe you can technically call one of those a zero because he didn't take the field. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a 159 and 81 for an average of 80. But goes without saying with Nicky D. Gee whiz, little Nicky. He is mm. absolutely killing it. So um, I think he should be spoken in terms of vice captaincy options, uh, almost near the top of the list because ripping form 132, 149, 139 and 130 prior to the 99 on the weekend when he was actually tagged uh, mm. to the best of, of um, best of their ability of, of a, a tagger doing a, a role in him um, dating back to when Keys had a role in him. So 
Willem Drew, just tip of the cap, mate. But uh, the tag was actually um, removed at, in the last quarter, which is just absolutely astounding. So Hinkley just punching the bongs. You'd think there's no other reason why. That's just the dumbest I don't get move why they ever. do it. But I feel like every week, every... Oh, in front as well. Like, what are you doing? Why change things? But I also just feel like every every week, Dacos has, like, a clear run in the last quarter. Mm, yeah, always comes back. Like That probably speaks to his endurance and yeah, ability. Yeah, of course. Like, just perseverance. Like, it's good. But also, but... I just feel like, like, what happened on the weekend? They just changed... Like, teams just decide, oh, yeah, last quarter's here. We're not going to run have a run with roll. Like, it yeah. makes zero sense. They didn't need to change anything. Like, the formula they had for the first three mm. quarters was working. They were in front. Like, why mm. Why do you need to change anything? Like, unless Collingwood find an opening and you need to adjust. Like, but until then, just makes no sense anyway. Yeah. On the other side of the field, though, Sam Doherty. Your Bob. Yes. Your, your Bob. Your mob. Uh, what do you say? Your boy and your mob at the same time. Uh, he has a th- four-round average of 116 – sorry, four-game average of 116.25 against the Pies with scores of 135, 107, 138, and 85. And that 135 came from earlier this year. Mm, yep. Very, very good option, I think, and a pod one at mm. that. Oh, let's move on to the next game, and it is Collingwood. Oh, sorry, Collingwood. They're on my mind now. Next, I'll be saying it's Taylor Adams up against Frio. No, it is Geelong up against Frio at uh, GMHBA on Saturday at 1.45 p.m. And uh, first up, we have Tom Stewart uh, in his last four games against Frio. has scored 91, 187, if you don't mind, 102 and an 89 for an average of 117.25. So, um, yeah, he is someone to look at very, very closely. And Frio, oh, actually, they don't concede too many points to opposition defenders. So... A bit of an anti-correlation there. Um, but Liam, any thoughts with regards to Tom Stewart? Just, I don't know, GMHBA. Yeah, that, I guess that's, yeah, that's, that's very true. That's true. I don't know. It's just, it's just that. That's the only thing. What did he factor. score on the weekend? 152. 152, yeah. Was that a GMHBA? Uh, I think it was. Mm, of course it was. Oh no! Wait, so it wasn't. Was it the Gabba? No, it was at the Gabba. Oh, so his last scores at the at GMHBA: one hundred four, one hundred twenty four, one hundred eleven, one hundred thirty eight, ninety nine, one hundred eleven. Mm, okay. So this year, not really as strong a hold on it, really. No, that's true. Um, mm, yeah, I don't know. Not sure. Moving on though, Andy Brayshaw, 134, 77, 97, 136. Those are his last four scores. And that comes out to an average of 111 against Geelong. And that 134 earlier in the season. So if you do have him, a bit of a pod captaincy option as well. Mm. And another one who is a bit of a pod and probably more so is Luke Ryan in some good form, of course. Uh, his last four against the Cats have been 84, 62, 92, 118, and an 89 average that comes out too. So, um, yeah, he'll be a big, big pod. Yes. And uh, let's move on to the next game, GWS and the Western Bulldogs, 1.45 p.m. at Mars Stadium in Ballarat. 
I when I wrote this into the run sheet, I just written Mars. And I was like, why? I was like, I can't just do that because when when we get to it, we're like, why are they play this game on Mars? Yeah, that's my next destination. I've headed to the moon, and my next stop oh. is Mars. Yeah, it's where Bonton Pally <laughs> is going. Yeah, especially when Mars. you take a look at this average. Oh. 127.75 in his last four against the Giants with scores of 164, 120, 100, and 127. And that 164 was from earlier this year. Oh, gee whiz. And an average of 127.75. So he, I think he, again, like on the weekend, he was a nice VC candidate. And he, again, is very much so. So I like it. I like it. Uh, now I'm kicking myself that I actually chose him as my captain option last week, Liam, because I can't get him again. But uh, let's move on to the next guy. It is Tim English. And in his past four against the Giants, he scored 124, 110, 88, and a 76 for an average of 99.5. Um, again, he's just punching out uh, scores left, right, and center that are captaincy worthy. Uh, in his past... Five games, 133, 127, 130, 173, 134. So, yeah, recent form just indicates he's going to go large again uh, mm. against Briggs. Briggs is kind of – he's proved his medal a little bit, um, but yeah, – Different, again, very different rock styles. Yeah. Like Tim English, more that new age kind of around the ground possessions. Rings a bit more the Mumford style, I'd say. Yeah, um, old school. Yeah, a bit more old school. So, we'll be interested to see. Yeah. Moving on to the next game in it's the Kitch Gold Coast up against Brisbane, Saturday, 4.35 p.m. at uh, Heritage Bank Stadium. Lockie Neal. We are going to talk about Lockie Neal, though, straight up. Yes. Has an average of 105.75 in his last four games against uh, the the Suns, 128, 108, 123, and 64. 128 coming earlier this season. Yep. Very, very nice. Uh, he's definitely up there on my list of VC options. Uh, and we also have Josh Dunkley, and he's got a 153 in his last encounter here. Uh, and then he also scored prior to that 116, 148, and an 87 against Gold Coast for an average of 126. So yeah, he's right up there. Uh, he returned in style, well, relatively enough anyway, 115 uh, that he mm. scored on the weekend. So I do like him also as an option, especially without Ashcroft there. There's more slices of the pie, yep. of the triple chili pie to go around if you are way that, that way inclined. There is. There is. Now let's move on. Some captaincy options. Ooh. Kick off on Saturday night. Essendon up against Sydney. Saturday, 7.25 p.m. at Marvel Stadium. And first up, we have Zachary Merritt. In his last four against the Swans, he has scores of 57, 140, 104, and 168 for an average of 117.25. Don't mind him. His scoring's been a little bit down uh, the yeah. past couple of weeks. It's almost like linked with Essendon's performance. Um, mm. Parish likewise as well, but we'll see how we go and hopefully they can get the job done against Sydney and he can produce a nice score. Uh, but in terms of Sydney, we have Errol Goulden as another option uh, priced 
sorry, not price. He's actually scored 130, 57, 66, and a 68 in his past four against the Dons for an average of 80.25. He would, um, again, be someone that uh, a lot of people won't consider as an option, uh, similar to Sicily on the weekend uh, mm. because of the recency bias. Uh, based off the uh, poor score on the weekend, a lot of people won't have the confidence to go on him. But uh, with a captaincy, oh, yeah, I don't know if I could do it potentially. VC maybe, but yeah, yeah. If it was then. VC, I'd I'd feel more comfortable. You'd have yeah. to make sure you have a have a viable option for the C yep. after this one. Uh, moving on to the next game, and it is Adelaide up against Port Adelaide. The showdown at seven Saturday on Saturday at seven forty p.m. at Adelaide Oval. But you know, as uh, as Damo has suggested, and I say Damo, I mean Damien Barrett. We should uh, we should be playing this at the MCG, the old showdown. <laughs> yeah, get all the impartial observers there. Yeah, why wouldn't we? Anyway, Jordan Dawson. He's uh, oh wait, I skipped someone. Sorry, in the Sydney game, we've got Callum Mills. Oh, of course, a bit of another C uh pot option. Yeah. Uh, he has an average of 117 against the Dons with scores of 167, 85, 87, and 129. Um, yeah, there's not much else to say about him at this stage. Yep. No. Well, let's uh, delve into that Adelaide v. Port Adelaide game. Uh, and Jordan Dawson, he has scored in his past four against Port 114, 123, 74, and a 111 for an average of 105.5. Yes, and on the other side, Connor Rosie has uh, doesn't like a lot, doesn't mind playing against the Power. Sorry, against the Crows with scores of one twenty six, seventy five, one sixty two, and uh, ninety six in his last four for an average of one fourteen point seven five. I have left yep. out Roy Laird here. Oh um, yeah, we don't know if he's going just to just because we don't know, and it's yep. probably a bit of a risk to jump Too on him. Exactly. I wouldn't be. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be, be banking on him either. No, hundred percent. Uh, there's other good options this week where you don't really have to rely on him. Uh, mm. That's the other probably the other point. Uh, let's move on to the next game, and it is Hawthorne up against St Kilda on Sunday at one ten p.m. at Marvel Stadium. And first up, we have this guy who I think should be a hundred percent hands down the top captaincy VC option if you have him. Don't of course. tell everyone. Oh, sh- sorry. Uh, no one tunes into this. Just anyway, share so it's this fine. between. This is just a secret between you and me, Damien, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a secret between both of us and anyone that tunes in. So this is a bit of a treat to those people uh, that uh, tune in to this podcast and vodcast. Uh, just don't spread the word. Just between all of us. Shh. Uh, it is James Sicily. He scored, as we mentioned earlier, because the secret was out. Then I think we just ranted and raved so much about <laughs> him. Uh, but he scored one seventy two. As we know. Um, in their previous encounter this season. Uh, then he scored a 113, 93 and a 119 for an average of 124.25. But really it is his recent form line. Uh, the only thing I think that could go against him is if they try and tag him, if they saw what North did to him uh, and then seeing what he can produce again on the weekend uh, when he went back to the intercept. I think he had like 10 plus intercept marks mm. again, something ridiculous. Um, but then I'm thinking like who plays on him that can play a forward role do they put Win Hager on him? He's more of a traditional run with player. Can he be a, you know, scraggly type? He played player? half back last week. Oh, did he? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I think off memory, so, pretty sure he played. Yeah, more of a backline role. 
But if I was to guess, I reckon considering that uh, Ross Lyon is an old school coach, I reckon he's quite stubborn. And I think he's going to back in his, like his game plan and style hasn't changed all year. Mm. I reckon he's going to back in his own process, uh, the team structure set up and they'll just let him go about his merry way. I mean, they've got their own sort of, you know, quarterback as they call them, like coming out of defense um, in Sinclair. So yeah, I think they'll be backing in their uh, their, their team defense because it's pretty much built upon defense at St. Kilda. Um, so, yeah, I think he's in for another another big one. I agree. I agree. Uh, on the other side of the field, though, we've got Jack Steele. Mm-hmm. Now, he scored 62 the last time these two faced off against each other, and I reckon he was in my side and I was crying. Um, <laughs> but he was also... Scored 125, 107, and 91 against the Hawks in his last four uh, for an average of 96.25, but he is in some hot form at the minute. Uh, 150 on the weekend, 105, I think, the week before that, and 140 or something. Yep. uh, The week before that. So in some good form, a bit of a risk, but one I think you can potentially take. Yep. I like it. As long as I don't bring him into my side. If I bring him into my side, do not captain him. Be clear. Yep, exactly. Just uh, just be happy enough if he punches out a 100-plus score, if that's the case. Be happy enough if he punches out a 60. <laughs> what he was averaging when he was in your team. He's going to pick up the slack again. Um, let's move on to the next player, and it is Rowan Marshall. Uh, 98 he scored uh, most recently against the Saints. Sorry, against Hawthorne. Uh, then he scored a 78, 173 and an 86 for an average of 108.75. Although uh, Ross Lyon mentioned that uh, he was actually close to not playing, Ooh. strangely enough. Uh, and they had on standby Tom Campbell. Um, but it's quite funny because Marshall actually played almost the highest minutes of any game that he's played all season. So that makes absolutely no sense. He must be have been juiced to the nines. Like it also just makes no sense whatever it with is. like I don't know. I don't trust Ross Lyon with what he says because he was also saying that Jack Steele was not injured. Yeah, and true. Like, Jack Steele Speaks was clearly injured. And I'm fairly certain another coach came out, like one of the assistants came out and said that Jack Steele had an injury. And then Ross Lyon was like, nah. Like don't believe him. He's an assistant coach. Don't believe him. Like, seriously. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, he speaks a lot of shit. So, I don't know. Take it all with a grain of salt. Yep. But that being said, Reeves suspended for a match. Oh, that's true. Very true. So could could benefit Marshall there. I don't know. It's all a bit of bit of this, bit of that. I don't know. Which way do you yeah. go? Which way do you lead? I don't even know who would come into their team. Like Meek, was he injured or was he suspended or omitted? Meek was injured off memory. Injured. Yeah. But okay. I don't know how long. It was it was a while, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, because a lot of their recommended now. Oh, I suppose they got the other bloke who they picked up the midseason draft uh, last year. I think it was. I can't recall uh, yeah. his name. Um, he could potentially come in. Yeah, yeah. True, true. But yeah, you, you're right. Yeah, could come up against a rookie. Um, moving on. Last player in this game, it is Jack Sinclair. Has an average of 104 against the Hawks. With scores of 71, 135, 102, and 108, but is also coming off a 132 on the weekend. But again, I just think that if you're going to VC someone in this game, it has to be Sicily if you've got him. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 
Sorry, if you get to see 100%. someone, you're not going to VC on a Sunday at one ten. Yeah, well, you could potentially. You could. Could you? Because this next game depends who you own. Um, this own. next game is Richmond and Melbourne on Sunday at 3.20 p.m. at the MCG. And this is part of my plan, potentially. Ooh, my grand plan. Your plan. And it involves this man as a backup option. And it's a bit of a risk. Mm. I wouldn't wouldn't be keen on putting the captaincy on him, so I'd be hinging a lot of, um, I guess, faith in Sicily. But uh, Christian Petrarca, he's uh, scored in his last four against the Tigs, 104, 87, 133, and a 111s for an average of 108.75. So a bit of a mixed bag there. Um, but that's pretty much the only thing. I mean, there's Timmy Taranto as well, maybe, but you wouldn't really have much trust in him super coach wise. Um, Maxi Gorn, maybe. He's the next guy we're talking about, Liam. Yep. And he's a whopping average against uh against the Tigers. 132.75, made up of games that with scores of 98, 123, 147, and 163. And keep in mind. Assuming that Grundy doesn't come back in, he's going to be rucking solo, which will be closer to those 120s and 140s you'd expect uh, from back when he was the solo ruck. Rucking solo against Soldo as well. Mm. Mm. Soldo. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the the solo? You got to crush a solo or whatever it is. I don't know. can't recall. You've got to crush a soldo. Um, so let's round out the round with the round out the round. Jeez, I'm on fire here. Uh, with West Coast up against North Melbourne on Game Sunday. Game of the round. PM. Game of the round. What a way Game to the, uh, the bookend. The bookend. I really, just to, love to finish that it. they really consigned this game to the graveyard shift. It really is a bookend. I mean, the first bookend, we start with Collingwood v. Carlton. End it with West Coast up here. The, the other big rivals. <laughs> <laughs> From here on out, vying for the number one pick, even though West Coast almost have it sewn up, uh, if not already. Um, so first up, we have LDU, uh, as we spoke of with his form. His last four against North, 143, uh, 27, which uh, I think might have been an injury game, maybe mm, potentially. I think so. Uh, then it was a 193 for an average of 90.75. If we do like account it? for that 27. Ah, uh, yes. It's yep. 112. 112. There we go. So a little bit nicer. Yep. Uh, other option. Harry Sheasel. Chuck Ooh. it all. Put it all on red. <laughs> this is this is un- uncharted territory. Although it Put could it be for me. Put it all on red. What's what's he scored? What's he scored in uh, his one, one game? One fourteen. One fourteen. But Coming like for one twenty six. It's a different Eagles outfit. They're just they're just worse. They're worse. They're getting worse and um, worse. And it's a different North outfit. They're just I don't know, challenging somewhat. Yes, they're <laughs> challenging somewhat. This could be uncharted territory for me as we get into I guess a nice little segue uh, to our captaincy head to head and who our best option is. For this week, um, I think I am in uncharted ter- uncharted territory because of the fact that you know how we talk about like who puts the uh, the captain on anyone in on a Sunday game or let alone in the last mm-hmm. game. This could be just new new ground here because I'm thinking of potentially putting the VC on Sicily one game on Sunday. And then if he spuds it up or doesn't doesn't meet expectations, putting the C on Petrarca in a second Sunday game 
Do I do it? Oh, it, will the first game even be finished? Uh, so there's two hours and 10 minutes uh, between. So no, it won't completely. So I'll yeah. have probably a snapshot of around to... about three quarters to make an assessment. Yeah, maybe three and a half. Yeah. Yep. Um, so rough. Yeah. Wow. But who has first pick this week? Yes, I think. Oh, I think is it me? I because the had week prior the first pick when you when I should have picked English and I didn't. That was was that two weeks ago? Yeah, so I think it's my first pick. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had the first pick last so, week. So Damon, who 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 would you like to pick? <laughs> what I like to pick, <laughs> you know exactly. I just went through it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have to. You you got to. You got to. I am going 100%. to pick Jack Steele. No, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am going to pick. I mean, you can't go against him, can you? No. It's going to backfire badly if he didn't. I reckon. Yeah, James, the Sicilian. Yep, that's the one. Sicily, Sicily, and uh, remember, I remember last week actually you said you're backing in English. You're gonna think about something, and you're like, no, 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 just play the percentages. Go for English because yeah. he's gonna score well, and it treated you well. You pit me at the post. Just Almost, it was a close anyway. one. Close yeah, one. I went for Bont. He scored a one twenty six, and you had English. As I said, uh, you scored one thirty four, so eight points difference there. Um, which meant the uh the win loss ratio is now I'm at ten wins, you're at eight, so it's uh it's tight here. This is this is almost the uh taking over the ultimate supremacy here. Um, this could go either way. Yeah, so 188 is the margin between us. Um, as I said, we've got ten wins, you on eight. So Liam, you've Sicily. chosen Sicily and smart play, smart play. I'm going to go for my well. I stuffed myself up because really I would have gone for Bont. Uh, which I can't do. Uh, so I do. Do I go back to the well? Do I go for English? Uh, English against Briggs. English has got that high floor. That's what I really like. That's what's yeah. You know what? You go for the ceiling, don't you? <laughs> because because Sicily Sicily is really on gonna... black with Harry Shazel. That's exactly it. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. How did you know? Um, <laughs> let's go for some fun here. Let's go for Maxi Gorn. Lock it in, even though I truly like English. What about Let's LDU? go for Gorn. Oh shit. Now you've now you've done me. You've you've uh you've really enlightened me here. Um who else is average? what about Josh Dunkley? Nah, not Dunks. Oh, come uh, on, Dunks. One fifty three the last time they played. Yeah, no, he scored well. He it's probably should coast. pick up the slack. Ashcroft isn't in the team either. Um Oh, I wish I had a three sided coin to flip here. Um oh, you, you know, you know and what? So what are your options? So I do like Dacos um, because I don't think <laughs> just there's add. anyone. Can <laughs> yeah, I just like split them across four? <laughs> split it across four and just have a quarter of whatever they score uh, combined. I have um, co-captains and I have vice co-captains just in the leadership group. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that like Brisbane or Sydney they've done that? They've got like eight people in the leadership group, like half Ugh. the list. Um, no, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll follow my heart. Listen to your heart. And I'll go back to the well with English. I like Gorn. I like LDU. I reckon they'll score well. We went a long way around there. Yeah, just around the world. And we're back to the start. So here we are. So just every second week, we should not ask you, just every second week, but it's going to give you English. English, exactly. Just because he he scored so well, again, like as you would have seen firsthand Mm. against the Dons, like 
I thought, okay, well, in the ruck, Andrew Phillips, I know firsthand being a, a former blue, he performs quite well on the ruck, but around the ground was where he was going to be beaten. Issue. That ended up happening. But even then, I think it was really only the last quarter, maybe quarter and a half of the third quarter, where um, he actually scored well. Mm. And I was surprised that he actually scored 134. Again, it's like the bond. What do you call yeah. it? Not the, not the tax, the... Um, the subsidy. Subsidy. That's virtually what it is. I don't know what champion data are doing. Lipstick action, on the knees, all that sort of stuff. Like, it's incredible. But I wasn't complaining as a, as a VC man. So let's go back to the well. Champion data, treat us well. So, Liam, do you want to introduce the next segment? Got a question, Damon. A question that I got to know. Hey, I got to know. So not only you have got to know, our listeners and viewers do as well, because we have a few questions sent in here. And, of course, in I got to know for those people tuning in for the first time, we throw it open to you, the good folk of the Supercoach Edge community, as we answer your burning questions. So, Liam, do you want to answer the first question, or at least read it out? You can answer. You can have a first first crack. This question comes from Le Grand Trois, I want to guess, Le Grand Trois, at its Captain Koala. I love when people's like handles and their like don't match. display names just don't make any sense to me. He asks, or she, better to use Wardlaw to go sideways to Hewitt or downgrade to Rookie and use Cash to go Walsh up to top tier Primo or just go Walsh to Butters and save a trade. He has three, th- they have three, probably prioritizing overall, but 500 points ahead in Cash League, so tempted to go for the double. Oh, you just you just cut out there. Uh, I think you said uh, so. They've got three trades left, and they're prioritizing yep. overall. But five hundred points ahead in cash league, so tempted to go yep. for the double. Yeah. So, Liam, what what are you what are your your initial thoughts there? It's a lot to unpack there. Break it down. So, All Walsh right. to Butters. Would Walsh you to Butters. That? Butters looks a little bit injured. Cooked. Um. Yeah. And so I worry a little bit Melting. about that. I don't think I'd go Walsh straight to Butters. If you have the cash, potentially Walsh to steal, I don't mind. Walsh to Doherty I like as well, but that's going to cost you a little bit. Um, Walsh to LDU, another good one, but you probably have to spend some, you probably have to do a downgrade there. Um, So Walsh to Butters is probably third on my list. Wardlaw to Hewitt, I don't mind. Probably second on my list. Yep. So they're, they're saying they're like the trade. There's three options, yeah. Wardlaw to Hewitt. They could potentially just use that one trade, couldn't they? To I go Wardlaw to Hewitt, yeah. which is what we so spoke of earlier. They've essentially got three options that they're going for. One is Wardlaw to Hewitt, and that's it. Yep. The second one is a downgrade of a rookie and then Walsh up to a top tier primo or Walsh to Butters. Those are your three options. So what were you ranking? Sorry. So I'm just kind of ranking those three options. Yeah. So I would go, the top option to me is probably, oh, it's 50-50, I reckon, between Wardlaw and Hewitt. Wardlaw to Hewitt mm-hmm. and a rookie and and a rookie in Welsh up to a top tier primo and a downgrade. Um, That's 50-50 to me because I think, it's just going to depend on, uh, depends on, it depends whether you think you're going to get more points out of Walsh to a 
top tier primo long yep. term. So when Walsh returns, is it beneficial having him? Maybe. But you're still gonna have two trades up your sleeve. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think, and- yeah. So I'm going around in circles here. I think what I bet the benefit of the first one, Wardlaw to Hewitt, straight to Hewitt, to me is the fact that you're gonna be saving a trade, saving you have two trades left after that. Yep. And you'll still have Walsh up your sleeve mm. when he comes back. Mm. Yep. And you've got Hewitt on your on, on the pine. Mm. I think I'd lean towards that one now. Yeah, personally, I'd be going for that, I think. Um, although it really does depend on how much cash you'd have to use to upgrade Walsh to a top-tier primo. If, say, for example, it was going to give you enough cash to bring in, say, a Sicily, if you had like a Doherty in defense, mm. you could swing into Walsh's spot and then bring in a Sicily in defense. Uh, I'd 100% go down that route. But again, that's kind of up in the air. That's devil's advocate because we don't know how much cash you would have to splash. Um, and what your team looks like, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, if you could afford to do it. So um, if you're not in that position, I would probably go Wardlaw to Hewitt and assess. I mean, we, we've already got a small sample size, albeit one game on the weekend with Hewitt, and it was against the Bunnies in West Coast. Um, but yeah, it shows that he can score quite well. Um, almost rivaling what he scored last year. At least that's a bit of a sample size last year in itself when he was playing pretty much the same role. Um, so I would pretty much go Wardlaw to Hewitt. Hold off for as long as you can. Um, hold the other two trades. If other injuries crop up, suspensions, all that sort of other stuff. If they don't, then you could even just hold the cash um, if you have any excess excess cash um, to then use towards other injuries if any crop up. But if not, then mm-hmm. just hold and away you go. Um, or you could even just execute that, uh, that secondary rookie downgrade and then upgrade um, down the track if need be. Who knows? But I think Hewitt can score well enough. That's kind of the roundabout way of me saying that um, as a bit of a fill-in option. Yeah, no, I agree. Yep. Uh, they mentioned as well uh, in a follow-up tweet, obviously doing Warlord to Hewitt last week would have been better, but I used up my time travel boost already. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> that's actually very good from you. like mm. that. Um, can you just tell us where to get some of those time travel boosts? <laughs> exactly. Where you get some of those time travel boosts. Got like withdrawals. Um, Wardlaw as well. What is he uh, priced at just quickly? 296. Uh, 296.5. Oh, okay. So it's pretty much a straight swap. Yeah. You'd make 4K profit actually. Yeah. So um, still, uh, yeah, we're discounting that. You obviously missed out on 127 points, but um, would you have used it? Maybe if they've got Laird, who knows? But uh, Walsh still punched out the 109. So you're maybe not losing out too much um, given that on retrospect. So I wouldn't be too hard on yourself, but uh, now still the chance to do it. So there we go. I'm considering it now more than I was Wardlaw to Walsh, uh, Wardlaw to Hewitt um, and keeping Walsh because I think it just gives you an extra, an extra player when you've got no trades left. Yep. The normal yeah. play would be to just trade Walsh up to a primo, but now I'm kind of like, this is another option where you almost get to, get a primo plus a decent scorer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Oh, I'm confident he can uh, knock on wood anyway that he comes back two to three weeks. Um, but yeah, if not, at least you've got Hewitt. As I mentioned, discussions about Hewitt and Walsh, the correlation there. So at the very least, um, there should be an uptick in scoring uh, with Hewitt as a, because um, 
I mean, he's not a primo, but as we always talk about, it's from how they score on the run home, how they average yeah, it's from not, run out. So, you don't have to worry about their, like their price points. means nothing. It's what their points are. Yep. hundred percent. So uh, let's round it out with the last question that was sent in. And it is a very similar uh, question, really. Uh, no surprise with regards to uh, Walsh. Uh, Brad uh, Dorr or Dow Dorr. We'll say Dorr. Uh, at Brad Dorr 4. Um, I guess that rhymes. So, yep, makes sense. Um, so he asks best trade out option for Walsh, five hundred and fifty five k to spend. So a little bit more pointed there. Um, yep. again, don't know how many trades they have in hand though. So um, probably less information that's provided. Um, yeah. All right. I think assume that they've got one trade based off that. Okay. No reason, but just. Yep. Like, Let's just go with that. You kind of say you got five fifty five k to spend. Yes, it, like to me, that suggests you got one trade. Yep. Uh, well, in that case, it means I've only got 20K in the bank. Um, there's there's no real reason, I think, for them to, unless they've got someone like a, a Fife or another player they could, uh, they wouldn't be able to upgrade a Ching Connor if they've still got him. Um, you could trade a Matt Johnson, potentially, if they've got them down to Hewitt to fill in for Walsh. Again, if you want to go down that path um, or a Seamus Mitchell or one of those guys on the cusp, but um, a 555, I don't know. That's a tough one, isn't it? It is. I'm just trying to, my super coach is glitching and I'm trying to get the prices could, up. Yeah, they could go for Butters, but again, don't like him. Don't like Jack McRae. Um don't like Caleb Daniel. Uh, um, yeah. Paddy Cripps coming back from injury, so no, even though he's recaptured form. Uh, Go and Jack Sinclair. Yeah, if they don't have him, yep. If you don't have him, that's probably your best bet. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Uh Yeah, 555K is kind of just... No man's land, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty much it, I think. Um, if Butters wasn't injured, or have, like, even though he played out the game, but went into that game with a suspect groin, apparently. Um, so I wouldn't be trusting him with five games to go, with uh, especially if this is your last trade. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that point. If he doesn't have Sinclair, 100%, go down that route. He's probably, probably the only thing I can one. really see that makes sense. Jack McRae is the only other one that I'm probably the next best. Yeah. But even then, yeah. But even then I'm not sold on him. Yep. Well, that is pretty much it. Let's uh, end it there. Let us know, Brad Dorr, anyway, uh, if that helps or if there's anything you can provide in terms of some extra info that we can help you with. So before we wrap things up though, let's run through our Supercoach Edge Cup group results after round 19. Yes, our Supercoach Edge Cup public group carrier leader is, again, carryover leader, Adam, with his team all too hard yet again. An overall rank of 14th, which means he went up one spot, so is positioned very nicely on the run home. And the top scorer, Damon, for the round was... It was me. Gee whiz, round score of 2,782, unless it's someone else with my name and same team name. That's strange. Same rank. Yeah, same rank. Uh, round rank of 19th uh, overall. So um, tip of the cap to you, wherever you are tuning yeah, in. Tip of the cap Damon. To, to Damon. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of the Patreon exclusive group, the leader 
is yet again T no. prostitutes who else? Jonas Goat yet again. I'm who else could it be? I'm coming for you, Jonas. You I are coming last for week. him. I called Round last score, week. Two thousand five hundred ninety-eight, and he is an overall rank of two thousand. Sorry, of two hundred twenty-two. Interesting. Interesting. What are you, Damon? I am four hundred and what was I? Four hundred ninety-two. Okay. So, so my total score is four three three two one. Yeah. And he's four three five oh six. So ooh, about a hundred and eighty-five points okay. away from him. I'm coming for your T. Oh, I, oh sorry. And the, the top scorer. Who is it? Another familiar name. It was Damon with his team DJ trade a lot. I hate talking in the third person with a score of 2,782. Whoever you are. That person. <laughs> that person. Great score, mate. All the best. Yes. All the uh, best for the um, for reaching for the top 100 if you yeah. are. Go. Keep going. Keep going. You. Um, and in terms of our Patreon exclusive Supercoach Edge Cash League, the results looked a little bit like this. Dylan with his team Popper Ball FC scored 2,396, but he was defeated by Damon yourself. DJ traded a lot, 2,782. So a bit of a walloping there, unfortunately, for Small Dylan. Uh, Arthur, Scott Arthur, black on white. He scored 2,533, defeating Tun618, Matthew, with uh, a score of 2,487. Myself, I... Well, the, my team, I scored 2,569 and was defeated by the Sharpshooters, 2,640, and I am filthy. Uh, yep, and rounding out, rounding us out here, uh, Peter with his team tankers, Ooh. he has jumped up three spots. <laughs> sorry, we're going to talk about that later, sorry. 2,550 defeating Carps Crushers, Wade, 2,433rd. That is that is ramifications across the board here. Absolutely. Uh, from Pistol Pete, Peg Leg Pete, whatever you want to call him, uh triple chili Pete. Um he was he was holding up the ladder. Well, let's see where he is now as we go through the ladder here. So uh my team, or that person, Damon, whoever he is, uh, with his team DJ Trade a lot, is in the iron throne at the moment, um, on 15 wins. Uh, ahead of the sharpshooters in second spot, Brett uh, on 14 wins. In third spot is Tun618, Matthew, a.k.a. Emper, on nine wins. Uh, Black on white on eight wins in fourth spot, Scott Arthur there. And Pete, Pistol Pete, Tankers, he has catapulted himself from the bottom to now sit in fifth spot with seven wins and ahead on total points scored overall, ahead of Carps Crushers, Wade, also on seven wins. And then, Liam, we've got yourself in seven spot. Hardly done by here. Very, very hard I'm done filthy. by. Six wins, but ahead on points overall. Of course, no doubt, uh, because you've scored. Uh, I've got the, the fourth most points for this league. <laughs> Ridiculous. Filthy. And I was actually, while we were talking before, I'd look at all of my other leagues and mm. like, I think three or three or four of them out of like the 10 or whatever I'm in, I have the most points against or the second most points against. It's like all of them, like, seriously. What is going it's on? One of those one of those years when it comes to leagues, honestly. Anyways. Um, yes. And then rounding us out, of course, is Popper Ball FC uh, holding up the ladder. He's, uh, he's taken over from Pete. He's like, you 
just take and earn yourself a break. Let me hold it up. It is probable FC uh, Dylan, and he is also on six wins, but behind you on points scored overall, as we mentioned. So no surprise there. But Liam, that brings us to the end of this episode. But before we go, where can our listeners find us across our socials? Yes, on YouTube, search Supercoach Edge, and don't forget to like and subscribe on X or Twitter, whatever it's called nowadays. <laughs> whatever Elon uh, whatever, wants to call it. Yeah, whatever Elon changes his name, mine too, tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, at supercoach underscore edge is where you'll find us. Damon at demoj88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. But I mean, for all these Elon Musk jokes I'm making, I'm probably going to get shadow banned. So no point <laughs> looking me up. Uh, and Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok said so supercoach edge, and you'll find us there. Yep. And I bow down speak- to our overlord, Elon <laughs> Musk. And I, for one, welcome our new insect overlords. <laughs> and as we speak, your tweets are saying they're limited. Oh, that's strange. <laughs> Amazing. But uh, as always, if you love the content we provide, make sure to let us know by subscribing to our YouTube channel and help us in our pursuit of hitting 1K by the end of the season. I think we've ticked over now to 901. So we need 99 subscribers to push us over the edge, really. Well, uh, yeah, if you can help us, of course, get to that 1K uh, subscriber mark, that would be absolutely fantastic because help us help you in a way. To um, We'll be celebrating with a giveaway. So, and it's going to be a big one, of course, a big milestone. So help us get there if you can. Just hit the little subscribe button below. And if you are listening to us on the podcast, uh, make sure to jump across to YouTube. Give us a subscribe via YouTube and yeah, help us along our way. And we'll give you a, uh, I don't know, love, just virtual love, as much love as we can give. Mm. Uh, more love than what we give uh, Elon Musk anyway. So that's not hard. What are you talking but, about? Uh, the- more for Elon Musk. Yes, we love Elon Musk. He is the greatest. Beep boop. Speaking of which, sorry, before we sign off, I just want to mention, this is by the by, by the way, the state of humanity. Now, I know this this podcast, and a lot of people are probably tuned out by now, but we're probably talking about less and less super coach, but which is fine. We can like, if you like it, then it become more of a lifestyle. It's also our podcast, podcast, so we can do what we like. Exactly right. <laughs> Elon, do you hear us? Uh, but... There's some trend on, I'm not on TikTok and thank God, because the brains are turning to mush now, but apparently there's a trend. Apparently there's a trend, get this, where people are sending, and yeah, you can like send in virtual tokens or whatever. And it's like, it's virtual cash. So content creators out there are now being paid by randos that have like really random kinks where they pretend to be NPCs, like, you know, game, game character, non, non-playable characters, NPCs. So like in GTA, for example, like someone on the street, you know, they say like all these catchphrases and stuff, like you punch them, they punch you back, all that sort of stuff. They are pretending to be NPCs and be robots. So like there's one I've seen where it's, and it's apparently it's a common thing. A lot of them do it. There's a girl like gifted an ice cream, a virtual ice cream. And she's like, "Mm, ice cream, so good. And literally that's all it is. They say catchphrases in like a robotic voice, like they dress up in outfits and they're getting paid for this. What is happening why. to the human race? But do we wonder why inflation is so high? <laughs> like, seriously. Stop spending! Bloody hell. And giving it to people that don't spend on other crisis, shit. We're paying for this. Oh my God. And you know, we spoke about like kinks when like when we were talking about the uh, the triple chili pie. Like we should have signed off, I mean, about five minutes ago. But talking about kinks, <laughs> about like smooshing your feet into triple chili pies. I see that as... As more logical, more normal compared to this. Really? Oh yeah. What is this? 
Wow. I, just don't, it's, I still don't get it. It's, weird. it's incredible. Very, it's, that's one word for it. But anyway, Liam, we've uh, overstayed our welcome here. So thank you as always for tuning in and all the best for the round ahead. And we'll catch you same time, same place. We'll see you then. See you guys. Love you, Elon. Mm, that ice cream is very nice. Mm, <laughs> love you. <laughs>